We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This is the Six Man Show on Orlando Magic Podcast with your hosts, Luke Sylvia and Jonathan Osborne, covering all things Magic Basketball. Five fans, four fans. Go Magic! What's going on, Orlando Magic fans? You guys are back with the Six Man Show. Today is September 12th, 2022. Jonathan Osborne here. As always, I'm joined by my co-host, Luke Sylvia. Luke, what's going on, bro? Uh, just been watching a lot of football, you know? it's uh, It was a, just a terrible football weekend for me. But uh, it was nice to, even though like I don't have an NFL team, I don't really keep up with the NFL much, it's still nice. like Just to know people are checking their fantasy football scores all day. They got their parlays going. It's uh it's a good time. Fall is in the air. We don't really know much about fall and 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 you know Florida besides pumpkin spice stuff, but the fall's in the air cuz football's here. That's how we know. It'll get into the 60s for a couple of weeks, you know, come November and December. That'll be nice. But I haven't been able to say this since I started this podcast. <laughs> the Giants are 1 and 0. Oh. Wow. The Giants are undefeated mm-hmm. right now. For the first time since the 2016 season. And yeah, it just it feels really good. It feels really good. The Giants picked up the W today. Daniel Jones, who I am wearing his jersey right now, did his best towards the end of that game to give it away. But the Giants won on a missed field goal by the Titans. Shout out to our boy, uh, Magic Marquis. And uh, yeah, it feels good. You started you- off the year good and then not so good this weekend mm-hmm. but you know have yeah have you said anything to to marquee i sent him the little smirk emoji i can't lie did he, i did was he a reply petty, like just a little bit he, he what did he say to me it wasn't anything good <laughs> it was bye he just said <laughs> bye when i texted him because he texted me earlier today mm-hmm. and was like take it easy on us today i said yeah okay not gonna be close mm-hmm. because you know i thought derrick henry was just gonna do derrick henry things and for whatever reason, that did not happen today. I don't want the Giants to take too much credit for that. I don't want to jinx us, but he didn't really go crazy today, luckily. But Ryan Tannehill almost did beat us at the end. But yeah, you know, it's all love with me and Marquis. But, you know, the Giants, anytime they get a W, I'm going to appreciate that. We might not get many of those this year. Mm-hmm. So, Did, you, get, did usually, you ever look at like a, was there an over-under set for a win-loss for the Giants this year? 
I did not look at that. I know that uh, the Titans were getting five or um, were giving five points today. Mm. So I was like, man, this game isn't going to be close. Right. So, no, I didn't look at any kind of like over under. Um, I'm thinking I was listening to the Bill Simmons podcast because he does every week with uh, Cousin Sally, yeah. do like, a you know, like guess the line kind of thing. And they were talking about an over under for the Giants. I think it was at eight or nine games. Bill Simmons said under Cousin Sal said the over. I'm I'm guessing it's probably around like seven or eight. That would be my estimate. If we win eight games, if we go eight and nine, that will be a very successful season to me. And if you go ten and seven, you're streaking. Oh my gosh, dude! Yeah, if I'll get another Giants tat <laughs> if we go ten and seven. I'll maybe I'll just add something to this, a little dime, you know, something like a that, a little dime to commemorate Danny's time because. You know, I mean, it's frustrating because the kid has all the talent in the world, but it's just like oh, you cannot throw that interception in the end zone mm-hmm, today. Mm-hmm. If he doesn't throw that pick and has the game that he has today, we're like, oh, may- he might be starting to figure it out. Now, you don't want to go crazy over a guy, you know, throwing two touchdowns in a game. But if he if he doesn't throw that pick we're I feel like we're having a different conversation right now. I know after week one, you asked me how I felt about Daniel Jones and I said I was like 97 percent out. Mm-hmm. I'm a rationally emotional when it comes to the Giants. I, I do a much better job with the magic of keeping my emotions in check and like being like realistic with the Giants. That totally goes out the window. I just get to be a, a stupid fan, yeah. And you know, it's it, it's fun. So I know, um, you know, crazy week one for everyone. Nobody really cares to hear about the Giants. Some people do, but you know, that's neither here nor there. You guys probably care about the Bucks. You probably care about the Orlando City. Who won the you know the open? Uh, you know it's not an MLS tournament now that Kevin producer Kevin has kind of learned us up on that the U.S. Open Cup mm-hmm. as Kevin is uh, let me know in the, the the headphones here which I really really appreciate <laughs> the U.S. Open Cup over the Sacramento the Sacramento I'm li- waiting the Sacramento Republic there we go <laughs> Kevin Tucker with the clutch bucket again at the end. That was a fun game. I did watch that. You know, Facundo, you know, I know uh, people are really excited about him for the Orlando City. And, you know, it seems like he's probably going to move on to greener, more European pastures because mm. uh, he's really freaking good. But, yeah, super happy for Orlando City fans. Luke and I aren't super into the football, but uh, I know yeah, they got, they got the Philadelphia w. Union last night. I do know that it was not good. Well, it was you know, a little five to one. It's action, a little, but, you know, you know well, that's what it that's, is. You know, that. It's all right. Coming just, off a big just won a emotional win, yeah. you know. The the US Open or the US Open Cup Championship hangover. Right. That maybe that's what we're calling it. Sure. Anyways, we've we've just kind of I well not Luke. I've really just gone off the rails a little bit too much. True. A couple of things that we want to talk to you guys about. So Orlando Magic uh Media Day is two weeks from today. You guys are probably listening to this on Monday. Media Day is two weeks from today. And then the 27th is the start of training camp. So like we're just a couple of weeks from like the magic season like, really getting underway. And then we will be into the preseason. The final game of the preseason, October 14th against the Cleveland Cavaliers. The magic will be at home at seven o'clock. We are putting together a group of folks to go to that game and have a good time. Fill the lower bowl, cheer on our team, get ready for the regular season. It's going to be a lot of fun. We want you guys to come with us. We all complain about how we are sick and tired of opposing teams, fans coming into Amway, taking over the lower bowl, and you can hear their chants 
ring throughout the second half. This is step one of us trying to change that culture. Put your butts in the seats that night, even though it's a preseason game. Let's cheer on these guys. Let's let them know that we're here. Paolo, there's all these rumors now about an expansion team coming to Seattle. <laughs> you better start cheering Paolo like your freaking life depends on it because I got to let you know it does. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Seattle gets the Sonics back or anything. I, I'm the DeVos family. I'm driving to Paolo and I said, I don't care if this violates the CBA. We are going to sign you to a 20 year contract <laughs> tonight. We will take the fines, mm-hmm. whatever it takes to keep you here in Orlando. Right. So from day one, let's let this kid know that we are ecstatic to have him. Let's let this team know that we are here. We are behind them. We have their backs. We are going to be putting our butts in the seats all season long Mm -hmm. as this team competes and tries to make the playoffs. So if you want to join us for this game, and you better join us for this game, you can purchase tickets at FIVO, F-E-V-O dot M-E slash The Six Man Show. That's FIVO dot M-E slash The Six Man Show. Tickets are going quickly. They range anywhere from $28 to $38. We did try to keep this relatively, um, relatively. what's the word that I'm looking for? Uh, affordable. Affordable. So cheap. You guys can come out. Mm-hmm. Cheap. Cost effective. Yes. Those are the words that I'm looking Cost effective. That is the word that I was looking for. Perfect. Thank you, Luke. Mm-hmm. Come out again. Fivo.me slash the six man show. We have been following Franz Wagner. And shout out to the uh, announcers at Eurobasket. It only took them like six games into Eurobasket to start saying Franz Wagner's name correctly. We have been following Franz and the German national team are really throughout like the pre-Eurobasket friendlies. Um, I want to say close to a month at this point. Um, And Germany is now six games into Eurobasket. As we talked about on the last podcast, uh, they were getting to play their last um, group stage game against Hungary, which was last Wednesday. They won that game going away 106 to 71. Um, they went four and one in the group stage. They ended up second in the group in group B, only behind Slovenia. They actually both finished four and one, but because it was the head to head tiebreaker and they lost to Slovenia in the fourth game, Slovenia had the tiebreaker. So, in the round of 16, Germany was matched up against Montenegro. Uh, with 2.34 to go in the third quarter, uh, Franz went up for a three. Uh, there were two defenders that closed in on him. On uh, His right ankle came down on a defender's foot, and he twisted the ankle. He looked like he was in a lot of pain. Um, shot his free throws, but then left the game uh, and was on the, the bench for a couple of minutes with the trainers. And then, uh, from what I understand, he left the arena um, to go get further treatment or to go get testing, whatever the case may be. Uh, he wasn't on the bench for the rest of that game. Um, there are people on Twitter just kind of doing my you know, Twitter research, not from any verified accounts, by the way, just like very blurry photos of what looks like it could be Franz Wagner from behind wearing a hoodie, getting into some kind of black SUV after the game. Also photos of him like uh, getting like a lot of ice on the ankle while he was still on the bench. Um, but early Sunday morning, uh, the German national team from their Twitter, they said update from Berlin uh, after extensive imaging diagnostics in the accident hospital in Berlin late yesterday evening. Franz Wagner is still being treated by the DBB um, uh, Deutschland something basketball or Deutschland basketball Bund. I don't really know what the DBB is. 
Uh, but the further course remains to be seen in terms of whether or not Franz is going to be available. Uh, their next game um, is actually coming up on Tuesday. They're set to go up against Giannis Antetokounmpo and Greece. So one of the favorites of the tournament, uh, Serbia was actually knocked out on Sunday. Uh, they lost it. 86 to 94 to Italy, um, which really was a massive upset. Serbia had Nikola Jokic. So uh, as it is now in the quarterfinals, Germany is set to go up against Greece. Uh, if they move on, uh, they would play the winner of Spain and Finland. And then the other half of the bracket, Slovenia is going to play Poland on Wednesday. And then France is going to play Italy on Wednesday. The expectation would be for France and Slovenia to move on again. Um, you know, have a rematch from Group B. And then the winner of that game would move on to the final. Um, the road for both of those teams gets a lot easier without having to play Serbia. Uh, but if Germany beats Greece, if Franz is healthy and is able to play against Greece, they play the winner of Spain and Finland. Um, would be a tough matchup for them either way, uh, but they should be able to beat you know either of those teams. So if Franz is able to go, you're looking at Germany potentially playing in the final in Berlin, mm -hmm. which if you don't know, is in Germany. I'm sure you guys know that. But um, just massive implications for the German national team and also Franz, also for the Orlando Magic. Um, it doesn't seem like it's anything super serious, but uh, we got that update, you know, early, um, you know, Eastern time here in the States, which was like um, early to mid afternoon, I think, over in Germany. But we haven't got any further updates after that point. Maybe we'll hear something on Monday. But again, they're set to play um, Greece on Tuesday. And if they don't have Franz Wagner, I don't see do them you, getting past do you think, Giannis. Do you think Greece. the moment that, that Franz went out of that game, Weltman called Germany and was like, hey, guys, uh, don't let him play. Uh, in fact, we might not let him play the first month of the season now just by what we saw, you know. So we're just going to hold him out actually the whole year. And we're just not going to see Franz. So sorry, guys. We're, uh, we're being extra cautious. And uh, we really hope <laughs> that Franz uh, improves. You know, like there's no way that Weltman was in a good mood when he like got wind of it or was watching and saw it. You know that he just like wanted to take full control and just be like, hold him out, hold him out. We know how this team handles injuries in general. So to see it happen at the hands of a different team, regardless of it being, you know, FIBA, Eurobasket, Weltman was probably just losing his mind. Still is. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a tough situation, obviously, uh, because like his health is going to be first and foremost. We saw, you know, Mo Wagner have an ankle injury like in the beginning of August, I believe it was. And then he was just like automatically ruled out for like, you know, all of their friendlies and, uh, you know, for the Super Cup and then Euro basket. So depending upon like the severity of the sprain, it, like Franz looked like he was in a lot of pain. Now, they were winning that game comfortably, and then it got super tight down the stretch. Mm -hmm. Like, give all the credit in the world to, to Montenegro in that game. But I think at one point, they were up by, like, 24 points. Mm -hmm. I think they were, it was, like, 48 to 24, like, right before halftime. So, Montenegro came all the way back and, and really had a chance to win that game in the final minutes. Not having Franz was massive, like, really, really tough for Germany. And uh, yeah, I, I thought if he could be playing, they would have him in this game to close it out. Or maybe they're just hoping they can hold on and what they have should have been good enough to win that game going away. Uh, they ended up just barely squeaking it out. But I, 
like I'm sure Jeff is really probably not conflicted. He's probably just like, all right, shut him down. Yeah. For me, I'm just like, man, winning the Eurobasket for Germany, which I think would be like their first time since 1997, I want to say. I, I could be mistaken on that. Um, 1997 is significant for Germany in Eurobasket. I don't know if that's the last time they won or like the last time they made it to like the semifinal or to the final, but it's a massive deal for these guys that get to play for their national teams. I think in the U S we we're kind of jaded and we take it for granted because when it comes to international play, we're just expected to destroy everybody and anything else like that's not gold isn't a big deal. And because at least, you know, in our lifetime, except for like 2004 and I think 2008, um, I think outside of that, like we just in whether it's um, like the FIBA World Cup or the Olympics, it's just like gold after gold after gold to the point now, like the last FIBA World Cup where we lost to France, like people didn't even care. They're like, eh, whatever, we win gold all the time. But I feel like it's a much bigger deal for these other countries. And Franz was just like, Everyone was talking about how well France was playing and something like that, like going up against the best guys in the world. Like, let's say they beat, you know, Slovenia or France in the Eurobasket final and they win Eurobasket. Then all of a sudden, like that is just such a big boost for Franz Wagner. I was really looking forward to like him just carrying that momentum into the Orlando Magic season. So if he is healthy enough to play, I do want him to play. Like, because if he wasn't playing Eurobasket, he would be playing like open scrimmages, you know, with you know the 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 magic guys and everything. These guys can get hurt at any time. So I unless it's a an issue with like the court conditions, like what we saw at the crossover, and also in um where we, it wasn't in Berlin, where were they the in Cologne, the group stage in Cologne, the court conditions there were not great. Guys were slipping all the time. But like I'm conflicted because Sure, you just want to like bubble wrap Franz for the regular season, but at the same time, like it's so special to be able to do that for your national team, especially if you're not the U.S. And I was really looking forward to that because they have a real chance to win it all. Yeah, yeah, they do. Um, it's tough, but you know, as a as a Magic fan, I also get it. People that are like, hold them out. I don't care. I mean, uh, to be completely honest, like yes, I think it would be great if Franz can win. But at the same time, I'm like, selfishly, I mean, I said it when we first were talking about Eurobasket. I was like, I don't really care, honestly, if Germany's winning games, if Franz isn't playing well. Like, if Franz isn't playing well in these games that Germany's winning, I don't really care. Like, I just care about Franz. Let's make that clear. So for me, it's almost like my my knee-jerk reaction is, yeah, hold him out. Uh, But I understand it's a huge deal. I know Franz knows it's a huge deal for him. He would love to do it, so... We'll see how they handle it and and what happens with Franz, hoping that it's just, you know, nothing serious. I don't know what I was thinking. 1997 Eurobasket, Yugoslavia has nothing to do with Germany. I don't know why I felt like that was relevant. You guys can just completely ignore that. I think they they won in 93 or something. They hosted and won gold in 93. I might have. I think that's 93. I think that's what I saw. But year I was born. It's a great year. Mm. I was. uh, Yeah. Yeah. I wasn't born. I was. You weren't quite. Born I was negative yet. three. Yeah, you were. You know? you're, I was almost yeah, there. You're just swimming around. You know, just chilling, <laughs> hanging out. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I'm. A lot of people are just like, you know, shut him down. I'm like, eh. 
I would understand if they do that, and I feel like that is probably what will happen. But if he feels like he can give it a go, I w- and and if he's not at risk of like injuring it further, give it a go. Like try to win the gold. Like to me, that would be incredible for Germany. I feel like it would just be a great story. And the other thing that sucks is like this team would be so good with Mo. Like if Mo Wagner was playing in this game or playing in this tournament and a healthy Franz and everything like that, Germany is going to be really good for a, a long time. And it's yeah. exciting that we have a guy like Franz that we get to watch for the magic and then also watch him compete on these like big national stages. I'm probably going to sign sound before we switch off this topic. I'm probably going to sound like a huge uh, international basketball casual, but didn't Vooch play for Montenegro like recently? Like he didn't play the other day. Is he not playing at all for Montenegro this year? I don't think he's playing Eurobasket at all. Yeah, that's what I thought. But I just, I'm almost certain. I obviously I, I wasn't able to catch the the game um, on Saturday against them. So I just was kind of looking at the box score. I figured that wasn't the case. I hadn't heard nothing about Vucevic. Figured he would have been a contributing factor. So that's interesting. Yeah, no, I don't. I don't know why he's not playing, but I'm pretty sure I was like looking at their roster before Eurobasket started, and he wasn't listed. So. Um, he, I don't think he was dealing like any kind of injury, you know, from the the playoffs with the Bulls. But yeah, sometimes they just don't play for the national team, and yeah, that's another team that would be really interesting if Vooch was playing because, like, in the first game of the knockout round, they took Germany to the brink. Yeah, and if Vooch is in that game, right? Uh, I don't know. Things might have not been, you know, may not have been different, but uh, yeah, Magic fans would have told you that would have been different. Bulls fans would have told you it wouldn't have made a difference. Bulls fans, bro. I love Bulls fans, but they go back and forth on Vooch like, like way worse than Magic fans did. Yeah, like they're they're like within a game, they're back and forth on Vooch. Like trade this guy, he sucks. All right, this is the Vooch we've been waiting for. Bulls winning it all. <laughs> like they go really crazy with it. Yeah. Let's go ahead and shout out our patrons. So if you guys are new new listeners to the show or just haven't heard this part of the show before. Uh, we do have a Patreon channel where you can help financially support the show. If you're interested in that at all, you can find us at patreon.com slash the sixth man show. Every penny that comes in through our Patreon channel goes back into the show, helps us do things like upgrade equipment and get better resources to bring you guys a better show. Every little bit helps. We truly, truly appreciate that. And one of our tiers that we call the Hall of Fame tier patrons, one of those benefits is that we shout you out on every single episode. So let's shout out our Hall of Fame tier patrons. Let's start with Court Cousins, Armin, Carson Tulo, Jonathan Borges, Norm L, Magic Player History, Bailey Wiffle, Michael Salapong, Franz Go to Fisho, Ryan Singh the Distract, I'm Ron Burgundy, Pierre A, Dylan Holden, Mr. Mikey, Lil Penny, Drum, Danimal, Dutto 15, Bobby Skinner, Nate Donnelly, Goaty93, Teddy Sylvia, Luke's mom. Thank you guys so much for your support. It really means the world to us, and we cannot do what we do without you guys. So again, if you would like to be one of our patrons, you can find us at patreon.com slash the six man show. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. 
Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You know, if I would have applied myself, I could have gone to the NBA. You think so? Yeah, I think so. But it's just like, it's been done. You know, I didn't want to, I was like, I don't want to be a follower. Hi, I'm Jason Concepcion. And I'm Shay Serrano. And we are back. We have a new podcast from Wondery. It's called Six Trophies. Woo! And it's the f-ing best. Each week, Shay Serrano and I are combing through all the NBA storylines, finding the best, most interesting, most compelling stories, and then handing out six pop culture themed trophies for six basketball related activities. Trophies like the Dominic. Dominic Toretto, I live my life a quarter mile at a time trophy, which is given to someone who made a short-term decision with no regard for future consequence. Or the Christopher Nolan Tenet trophy, which is given to someone who did something that we didn't understand. Catalina wine mixer trophy. Ooh, the Lauren Hill, you might win some, but you just lost one trophy. And what's more, the NBA playoffs are here, so you want to make Six Trophies your go-to companion podcast through all the craziness. Follow Six Trophies on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. A couple of items of NBA news, Luke, uh, this week. Nothing really too crazy here. Uh, Shams tweeted out a couple of days ago that the NBA has informed teams that the 2023-24 to salary cap is currently projected to be $134 million, uh, which is $10.4 million uh, higher than this season. Um, But this is really just $1 million higher than previous projections. So although it is a slight bump in uh, calories, Man, I need to get on a diet. That's why I'm thinking about <laughs> calories. But salaries, there is going to be a little bit of a bump. Usually there is each year, um, but it's just a million dollars higher than previous projections. So it doesn't make a massive difference really for anybody. Um, but there is another piece of news uh, that wo- uh, I almost said, whoa, good grief. Shams, he tweeted out about the current framework of an NBA in-season tournament coming as early as 2023-2024, uh, per sources. This is nothing that's been um, announced by the NBA officially. Some of the details include cup games through November, and then eight teams advance to a single elimination final in December. The other 22 teams will continue with the regular season, and then all games are part of the normal 82 schedule, with one extra for the two final teams. He says the NBA and NBPA are still working to finalize the in-season tournament, which includes to be determined prizes for the eight teams that advance to the single elimination round, sources said. So we've heard about this, it seems like, for the last, I don't know, four or five years. They've been trying to work something out. You know, it's been rumored. They've been working on uh, how to incentivize that. But the details so far, so cup games through November. So that's what, like six weeks, because the NBA season usually starts about the third week uh, third week somewhere about there into October around October you know 19th 20th and then games would run through November so that's basically six weeks of cup games and then at that point eight teams would advance to a single elimination final in December with the other two 22 teams continuing with the regular season 
So Luke and I were talking about this before we started recording the show. And it's just like, how does that work? The other 22 teams, if you have games scheduled against those other eight teams, how does that like come into effect to where everyone would still end up playing 82 games other than the two teams that make it to the final of this tournament? So for me, I just need more details before I really give a good opinion on how I feel about this one way or the other. Yeah. It seems exciting. Like we just saw the Orlando city fans get excited about the U S open cup. So maybe it would give teams that aren't that great, something to get excited about in the middle of the season. Yeah. But um, yeah, I don't know how I feel about this yet. Yeah. So I don't know either. Um, I, I found some stuff here. Uh, Let's see. I, I'm looking at basically Shams twitter like tweeting history to you know looking up the end season tournament looking by that keyword and just trying to see what else he has said in the past as well to see if they're you know maybe it's just not accurate anymore but just to kind of give a better idea too of what the format even looks like he tweeted in july of this year that the board of governors uh discussed the end season concept of all 30 teams competing eight teams single elimination as we to determine the winner as you know seems to still be the case with the final four at a neutral site. Um, so that's interesting, right? Like they're just trying to take it away more, you know, make it more even, I guess, when it gets to that final four, there's not like a huge, I just wonder how that's going to work. Like, where are they going to play? Like neutral site. Does that just mean like another NBA's like court? Neutral site sucks. Well, yeah, because you take your, your fans away from being able to go see the team play, right? Unless you're doing it like it's, between to me, it's the not even... locations or I don't know what they're going to do. It's not, oh, you t- like you take your your like, you know, teams away from like the fans like you don't have home court advantage. Like for me, it's just like as a Magic fan, like we we literally just saw this with the Orlando City, like having the final in your home stadium is like a massive deal. Like when Facundo scored that goal to give them the lead towards the end of that game, like the microphone on ESPN sounded like it broke because that stadium was so loud. And I'm sure it was a crazy amount of fun. We've talked about this in the past. Like, what if the Magic host a play-in game? Like, you've got one game to move on. Like, how crazy that atmosphere would be. And, like, the cup games is a cool idea because, like, regular season games, it's like, oh, well, this game is, like, one of our cup games. So it's going to make it, like, that much more important. And just, like, having that kind of final, like, in your home arena would just make it so much more fun. Or what are they trying to do? Like, put it in, like, a like a football stadium like they do with the <laughs> – like March Madness Final Four and have a hundred thousand people there, like to me that just has to suck. Yeah, I mean, we'll see what happens. I, I think that I do like the tournament and the case. Like I'm just trying to figure out, okay, what is the main incentive? Is it just money? Like you know what I'm saying? Like is it just money for players? Because it looks like a million dollar. Like at least when he was tweeting about it too uh, in July and then any time before that. He talked about like it's a million dollars in prize money per player. So like I'm guessing if your team is the team that wins, you each player gets a million dollars, which is nuts. Like you you understand like this means the the 13th guy on the bench, 14, like a million. So you know that if those guys got tossed into the game late in the game, they're playing their butts off, and every announcer's like, "Man, this guy really wants that million dollars." He's like diving everywhere. Put Admiral Schofield yeah. out there. He's trying to <laughs> recoup his fine money from last year. Yeah. So I think it could be fun in that respect, right? 
and we don't get a single elimination type tournament. Like we see March Madness every year in college. It is one of it is the most exciting tournament in sports in terms of like that aspect. Like anybody can lose on any night. Number one seeds obviously it doesn't happen much, and it hadn't happened at all till a few seasons ago when UMBC beat Virginia as the 16 seed in the one seed game. But regardless, like you, especially in the NBA, this can happen easy. If you have seating and it's like, I don't know how they're going to do seating, how they determine anything really, but you, you just got to win one game. Anybody can win. And, and yes, I'm saying like the magic could win a tournament like this, like if it's the case, but it also does that an incentive of like, you know, you're a month into the season, whatever you don't normally get that type of competitive fire that you feel in the postseason. So to get it earlier in the season too, would be a lot of fun. Any team being able to to win, there can essentially be like a Cinderella story in the NBA, which seems hilarious and like very much not in the realm of possibility right now. So this kind of puts that possibility in play of like a Cinderella story like March Madness has, but for the NBA and just teams that, you know, aren't as nearly maybe not as good in the postseason because they're just not built for it. It's a totally different game in the postseason. We see it, right? Game slows down. It's half court. But in these one and done games, man, like you have no idea how it's going to play out, how these teams are going to game plan, which teams are going to actually care and which ones are, you know, the, a young team like the Magic giving them a million dollars in incentive per player. Like these are all young guys, a lot of them on like rookie deals. They want that extra million, maybe more than the guy that is like a LeBron who's making more money than he even cares about at this point. So it's a very interesting thing. And I think that it can it has the opportunity to be great and really entertaining. You know, the team, the, the, the NBA has done this over the last few years, right? You look at the play in game. They talked about like one of the proposals in 2019. I just saw this when Shams reported about it, but essentially like reseeding the top four, you know, playoff playoff seeds based on like regular season record was, was something like, I don't even know what that even really entails, but they are trying to do anything and everything to keep the NBA growing at a rapid pace, get more eyes on the, on the product. And I, I think that this is a, a really good step, and I'm interested to see how they really leverage it. Imagine like whatever, whatever they end up calling this, like the mid season cup final on Christmas day, mm. like take the seven o'clock game, like whatever you're going to slate and just like put it as a placeholder. Like this is like, if you advance far enough in this tournament, cause like Christmas games, everybody like, I don't know if everyone wants a Christmas day game. Like if you're LeBron right. and you're playing in like your 15th yeah. Christmas day game, you're probably like, eh, like whatever. But like some guys, it's like that day, the entire league, their eyes are on you for like a young team, like the magic. If you give them some cup games and then you put them into this like single elimination game tournament in December. Yep. And you say like the prize at this is a million dollars to each guy on the roster. Yep. And you'll ha- like have like a home game on Christmas. Like I would be all for that. And especially now with the NFL invading on Christmas, which is complete bull crap, by the way, like the NBA is like Christmas is the NBA's day. It always has been, and it still should be in my opinion, but putting a game like that on Christmas day would be awesome. But like you always see at the final four, people are li- like the basketball court looks this small. If you're like, and I'm you know doing the thing with your fingers to say, Hey, this is, this small if your girl's ever showing you that you know that your confidence (laughs) has just been completely destroyed but what i'm saying is they should do that the final on christmas day 
and that would just be absolutely incredible. <laughs> I'm going to use this opportunity. Oh. We are going to segue into our next topic here. So, I hate you. not to like <laughs> that. That was pretty good, right? That was for the folks on YouTube. We'll really appreciate that if you're listening to this on like the podcast version of this. Just pause it. Go to the YouTube video, watch like the last 45 seconds, and like you could just thank us later. But what we want to talk about now is, and we don't do this to like pat ourselves on the back or anything like that. But when Luke came on to the show and we kind of like introduced, you know, our, our, our listeners at the time to Luke, I think we had like 1,200 followers on Twitter. We are getting like maybe a couple hundred downloads per episode. Mm-hmm. We're probably close to like quadrupling that at this point. Like our social media following, yeah. Um, on on YouTube, we're doing way more than four times more than what we were doing back then. Uh, we're doing a lot better with the downloads, and that is all thanks to you all. But we also understand that there are probably a lot of people that are like coming to the show that don't know like my backstory, Luke's backstory, how the podcast got started, and kind of like what the heartbeat and like the mission of the six man show is so we're gonna just start by like allow me to reintroduce myself my name is my name is jonathan and i'm an orlando magic fan and uh we're just gonna kind of go through how we became magic fans and how we started the show and why we do the show and all that kind of stuff so if you've heard this stuff before you know by all means like we're like 30 some odd minutes into this you've gotten your content you all right you now You've gotten your content. Mm-hmm. We, we've given that to you. Mm-hmm. But for the folks that have come alongside us in the last two and a half years that may not have heard this before, this is for y'all. So myself, so I was born in 1993. I was born in New Jersey. That is why I'm a Yankees fan. That's why I'm a New York Giants fan because my whole family was into football, into baseball. But we moved, we moved to North Carolina for about a year when I was two years old. And then when I was three years old, we moved here to Florida. Okay. When I was about 10 years old, my best friend, uh, Will Robles, who was the original co-host on the six man show before uh, Luke blessed me uh, with his presence every single week here. Mm. But uh, he really was really into basketball. I was really into baseball at the time. Um, But I was at his house one day. We were playing NBA live. And I think it was like NBA live 2001, maybe 2002, something like that. Like we were playing on GameCube. That's how long ago this was. And we we're we we're playing, both of us were on the same team, and we were playing as the Orlando Magic. And I was like, who is this number one? This dude is filthy. I learned that his name was Tracy McGrady. There was no YouTube back then. Um, I think Google had like just started at this time where you could like like Google images, you could just like look up. So I was on Google images looking at like you know, Tracy McGrady, just pictures of Tracy McGrady, like nothing crazy. And then started to watch the magic. And I just fell in love with Tracy McGrady. And Tracy McGrady is like what helped me fall in love with basketball. And not too long after that, uh, Tracy McGrady was traded away to the Houston Rockets. And uh, yeah, I've been following the team since then. Uh, the 2009 finals run uh, for the Orlando Magic really boosted my fandom. And uh, really ever since then, that was my... Is that my sophomore year of high school i believe nine ten eleven yeah my sophomore year of high school and uh, i remember talking trash to all these kids who were lebron james 
fans claiming that Cleveland was going to destroy us in the Eastern Conference Finals and just going back in and be able to rag on them and that my team was going to the finals was just incredible. And, uh, yeah, I've been rocking with the Magic ever since. Uh, I'll throw it to Luke. So, yeah, for me, it was more – I'm from – born and raised in Florida. So uh, my my family, you know, went to Magic games here and there, you know, in the 90s and have – you know, they, they were able to do that. I was born in 96. So at that point – uh, I, I think that, you know, for me, it was just the, you know, it was just a matter of time before I got into being a magic fan solely because I was from central Florida. Um, I played, you know, a lot of sports growing up was indulged in all of it. Like just loved playing sports and watching it eventually when I got old enough. So mine was pretty much like Dwight Howard draft year, like 2004 for me when I was like eight, right? Like that's when I really started to understand who players were which players were actually you know contributing something to the team you know you start to as you get older you just reach a point where you're like able to comprehend all this stuff and i think that's when i really got into it and so for me it was it was really that year 2004 um have a lot of awesome kind of memories growing up with the team essentially and and obviously the last you know decade hasn't been great so, but we're we're getting there, you know. We're we're chugging along. There's always next year, and uh, we know that all too well as Magic fans. But we'll get to see kind of what happens this upcoming season for the Magic. But they really, uh, you know, between you know them, the Gators, like those are my two teams. I don't have a plethora of teams by any means. I know producer Kevin has approximately 35 teams that he likes in all different leagues. I think he's got, oh, a cricket. you're going to pay for that. No, 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 no. I, what I was saying was he, he I think Kevin I saw might even an have elderly a gentleman team. rocking uh, uh, the, the Arsenal shirt today. I was like, man, Kevin would love that guy. Kevin would love that guy, but no, Kevin just indulges in a lot of sports. I, uh, like I said, I think he might have a cricket team. So um, who knows? But I, for me, it's just, it's just it's just uh, a big Quidditch guy. Um, but it's just for me, it's the magic and it's really Gator football, Gator basketball, more so Gator football. And then basketball wise, it's mainly the magic. And just, you know, it's had a lot of sweet memories growing up. I just hope that we can add to that so I don't have to keep relying on nostalgia, you know, can to continue getting me through being a magic fan. Yeah, that's like. For the the like you mentioned, the better part of the last decade plus, that's what we've been clinging to is like nostalgia. Yeah, and, and like especially when we talk about the jerseys and you know some jersey stuff came out this week that we're, we're going to hold off on talking about. We'll, we'll talk more about that stuff uh, next week for uh, reasons for us to know and for you guys to find out. True, but uh, Luke, you mentioned that the team has been bad for the, like the last ten years. So you know Dwight Howard gets traded away in the summer of 2012. Mm-hmm. And really the gem for us in that trade was Nikola Vucevic, who was traded two seasons ago uh, at the trade deadline. And that's what really catapulted this team into the the new youth movement, like this new era of magic basketball that we're seeing. Mm-hmm. If you have not been paying attention to the team since you know, 2012, 2013 season and, and onward, um, it's been rough. You know, it, basically we, we started to go into this rebuild that never couldn't really ever get traction to really like move to the next step. So it was just like a failed rebuild with Rob Hennigan 
And then once they fired Rob Hennigan and Jeff Hammond, John Hammond and Jeff Weltman came in, uh, essentially what everyone believes is that they were mandated. Like we've been bad for the last you know, six, seven years. It's time to get us into the playoffs, basically like any means necessary. And Jeff and John did exactly that. They got the magic you know, into the playoffs. And then once Markel Fultz got hurt eight games into the, uh, you know, 2020-2021 season, um, it was evident that it was it was time to go a, a different direction with this team and just to blow everything up. And they did that. But I say all that to say this. During the 2000s and the 20-teens, the there was not a lot of Magic coverage. You had Orlando Magic Daily. Obviously, you had our, our, our boy Philip Rossman Reich. Um, you had the Orlando Pinstripe Post. I know I'm gonna forget. You had the the Men in Blue podcast. Mm. Shout out to our boy producer Kevin. Uh huh. Um, like later on, you had like the close up magic. Obviously, we had um, you know Dan Savage and Josh Cohen covering the team. We had uh, John Denton. We had you got Josh yourself Robbins. into a slippery slope here, having to remember to well, name all these people. <laughs> Well, like I said, I'm definitely gonna I'm definitely gonna forget people, and I I apologize anybody that I've I've forgotten here, but at least like in the podcast space, like I was just always found myself wanting more. I wanted like more content. I've never been a big reader. Like I, obviously, I would always read like John Denton stuff and, and Josh Robbins stuff, but like you understand that those guys can't write an article every day, right? You know, or you know, even every week. Like they're, they're going to, you know, go through times where they have more pieces, you know, than other, uh, especially like throughout the off season. Right. And one night I was driving home with my wife. This is, um, in the beginning of 2019, uh, the magic had just beat the Charlotte Hornets on Valentine's day, like a, a few weeks, a few days before I think, and like really destroyed them. It was the beginning of a beautiful finish to the season where the Magic were 20 and 31, and they went 22 and 9 yeah. over the last 31 games to end up as the seventh seed in the playoffs. And I was driving home with my wife one night. I had just finished listening to an episode of, uh, I don't know if you, I don't know if it was locked on Magic at the time. It was Philip Rossman Reich. I think he was locked on Magic at that point. And I said, man, I wish I had another Magic podcast to listen to. And my wife said, why don't you start a podcast? And I was like, I would never do that. And then the more I thought about it, I was like, why don't I do that? At least try it out. But I needed, I knew I wasn't going to do it by myself. I knew I needed somebody. So my childhood best friend, known him since I was six years old, he was you know, really one of the driving forces in me getting into basketball and following the Orlando Magic. My buddy, Will, I was like, Will, try this with me. If you hate it, we don't have to do it, but let's at least give it a shot. So we gave it a shot. And uh, we covered the team throughout the playoff run that year, losing to the Raptors in the first round, um, into the offseason, re-signing Terrence Ross and, and Nikola Vucevic. But then the start of the next season, life got a little bit busier for him. And he was like, hey, this really isn't it for me. But unfortunately for me, I had already fell in love with this stuff. Uh, meeting you guys, talking about this team every week, uh, like sort of like the small community that we had started to build. And um, at that point, I was like, all right, I'm going to try to do this by myself as long as I can while I look for another co-host. I knew that I needed to bring somebody on eventually. 
because doing it by my week, like, excuse my language, but it freaking blew. It sucked. Doing this, I don't know how Philip Rossman Reich does this five times a week. I would sit at my computer for hours every Sunday, type out every single letter I was going <laughs> to say on an episode, and then I would just go through that for 35 to 40 minutes. And it was really important to me because I had realized how much, and it's so funny that we're doing this because I just listened to the episode where I announced that Will was leaving the show. I don't know why I listened to it the other day because I'm weird like that. The show was so bad back then. <laughs> so I thank people that listened then, that still listen now. And I'm thankful that Luke even wanted to join the show because it was so bad. But I, I knew that I needed to find somebody that was going to be as committed as I was because this is not an easy thing to do. We love doing this. We have a lot of fun doing this, but it is not always fun doing this. And it is hard. And you have to schedule your entire life to be able to do this. So I started to put the feelers out there. Luke hit me up on Twitter. We just kind of hit it like right off the bat. Yeah. Brought him onto the show. COVID hit. The whole league shut down. We had to do some crazy stuff to get through COVID with the, the Orlando uh, you know, Magic covering them. But Luke has been rocking with us ever since. Crazy things have happened to the show since then, like, Meeting with players, we partnered with the Magic for like the draft lottery and the draft and meeting players, having them on the show. All this crazy stuff has happened. But the idea from the infancy of this podcast was this was going to be something different from like the other Orlando Magic media that was out there at the time. Every I don't care what they say. Anybody that follows the Magic as closely as we do, like Philip Rossman Reich is a very professional journalist. Like he is, does this with a lot of integrity. He tries to be as unbiased as possible. Philip will tell you this. He is still a fan of the Orlando Magic. Yeah. I wanted to do this more from like, what are what are the fans really thinking? Like we're not always professional. We're not always filtered. We're not always as buttoned up as maybe as we should be. But we really just wanted to like be a voice mm -hmm. for other Magic fans like in the community that we have been talking to for years. And we've always tried to keep that as the heartbeat and the DNA of the show. We will always try to do that. Uh, we have a real passion for continuing to grow the fan base. You heard us talk about it at the beginning of the show, where you go into Amway on a Tuesday night against the Miami Heat, and the Magic are down 10 in the third quarter. And all of a sudden, you hear those Let's Go Heat chants. It's like, wait a minute, we're in Orlando. This is our arena. Magic fans should be cheering for the Magic, even though they're down. We shouldn't be having away fans come into you know and take over the lower bowl. And you drive around Orlando, you you go to a department store in Orlando, you drive around downtown Orlando, you don't see a lot of magic signage. You go to department stores, you don't even see a lot of magic gear really anywhere. Yeah. And we want to help to try to like organically grow the fan base. Mm. Producer Kevin, um, he made a great suggestion a few months ago. We we're looking to bring on a social video producer. He's like, hey, we should make a mission statement. Like we didn't have a mission statement. And now we have. You guys have never heard this because we haven't put it anywhere. Um, that will change. I need to put this on our website. But this is our mission statement. It, it really sums us up perfectly. The six man show exists to grow the Orlando Magic fan base in number, awareness and passion through content creation, community events and other avenues of engagement. Our mission is to cultivate a space by Magic fans for Magic fans where they can embrace their shared love for the team. And that's what this is all about. Since I've been talking to people on Magic Twitter for years and years and years, 
and starting the podcast and we try to do these events where we bring people together, we know that like in most of our lives, you all don't know a ton of other Magic fans. That is going to change in the next five to 10 years. I really believe that. But right now, we want to give you guys a space where you can listen to the team, where it feels like you are just talking about your favorite team with a couple of your buddies, Jonathan and Luke, where you can come out to events to actually hang out with other Magic fans and meet these fans that you've been talking to on social media for years. Um, And just a place where you can come and really be passionate about this team and not be like, oh, that's my cousin. He's a Magic fan. What a loser. (laughs) Where it's not like, yo, I'm a Magic fan. You're a Magic fan. Hell yeah, let's Mm -hmm. go Magic. And that's like the space that we've always been trying to create. Mm -hmm. And that will always be the heartbeat of the show. I, and I, I want to add to, you know, you talk about, you know, that you, we just want you to feel like you're talking about the magic with some buddies, like listening to your buddies talk about that. Like we, we obviously like, we're not big enough that we just like ignore things that are said about the show. Like we, we, we hear things, we take into consideration things. If it's said enough, right? Like we seriously listen to what you guys say about the show and you know for better or worse sometimes I, we're like yo you believe what this person said yeah, you believe this exactly but i want to add someone said something a while ago jonathan brought it to my attention i don't remember where jonathan read it it, it, it might have been reddit it might have been twitter i don't remember or youtube comments um he said something like uh, you know this person just they, they they commented on our show essentially and said it i don't know it just sounds like two magic fans talking like i i want something more, like you know what i mean like they, he was not he was not satisfied with the content that we put out. And i that's fine. The show isn't for everybody. We get it. There are shows that dive into a, a lot of things, right? Like ad, advanced analytics. And we try to bring people on who know more than us to bring knowledge, not only to you guys, but to us. Like we're we're fans. We just happen to be you know passionate enough that like we're doing this stuff twice a week, even in the off season. But I love that that person said that, that like it just sounds like it's two friends talking about it. it's like very... That is fine. That is what we aim to do. That is that is what we do. We say it on on so many shows when we get into cap stuff, when we when we get into just like certain things about basketball, we are very quick to say y'all can correct us in the comments. You can DM us about something if we get something wrong. We are not experts by any means when it comes to this stuff, right? Like we just are very invested and the more invested you are, the more you know about something. And we just know a lot about the magic in that respect. We don't know all the details all the time, but we try to, you know, keep it engaged. We want you guys to be able to hop in the car. You know, so many people have said to us, you know, I'm so thankful that you guys upload your your episodes so early in the mornings, like 3 a.m., 2 a.m. Now it's basically like midnight on YouTube, 1 a.m. on YouTube and on our platforms. People say that. They're like, I just love being able to get in the car and know that they're on on Mondays and Thursdays there's going to be an episode and I look forward to it and I can put it on in my car and listen to it on my way to work or hey I work the night shift I'm so excited that I can you know listen to you guys on my way home to keep me awake before I get home and go to sleep you know for until my next shift so that type of stuff fires us up like that's the type of stuff that like we want to like we want to be there and that's just often like what it is like you just want to have a sense of community I think that we do a good, good job providing it I know when I listen to stuff, when it's Gator football season, especially like for me, as just like a listener standpoint of podcast, I want to listen. Like, I, I just want to listen to something. I want to hear people talk about my team. I don't need it to be super in depth. Like, I just want to hear it. I want to be able to just like take a, to just take a break and like slow down and just like listen to something that like I hear like hearing about. So, um, you know, I, I think that that's really 
been something eye-opening for me to see is that you guys appreciate that that we're able to post this stuff you can know when to expect it you know you you do feel like you're just listening to two buddies talk about the magic and that's what we're here for and i you know i joked like saying like the earlier episodes were terrible like i go back and I just listened to like my delivery. I know that I'm much more confident now. Uh, I feel like yeah. the show is obviously having a, a, a co-host. The show is much mm. more entertaining and engaging. So yeah. it's encouraging how far the show, it, just in my opinion, from a, a quality standpoint in the last two years, it makes me really excited to see what the show is going to look like two years, five years from now. You know what I mean? Yeah. And you and I always have the conversation, especially with cap stuff. Like we know we're going to get, corrections listen oh, we're getting we don't always get it right we talk about i promise stuff. you guys it is not for a lack of trying okay? right <laughs> yeah. usually especially during football season i'm sitting at this desk usually for three to four hours prepping everything that we're gonna especially like during football season with basketball season going on like if we have three games to cover and i'm sitting here you know watching the giants on a one o'clock game i've got them over on this monitor while i'm here typing up the agenda for the show looking up stats, pulling everything that we need to. But what I always tell Luke, we're going to get roasted. We're going to get corrected until we get it right. Yeah. Like we're not going to shy away from those conversations even when we're like, oh, God, we got to talk about the cap today. <laughs> we're going to get roasted on YouTube later. Yeah. But we're like, okay, the, each time we get corrected, that's another nugget of knowledge in our brain for the next time that we go to talk about the cap. Yeah. And I love what you said, Luke. The show isn't for everyone. And I've I've always known that. And this is the thing. This I don't want to get like philosophical and, and, and like my get my David Goggins on here. Well, I'm trying to get something off my hat here. If you see me mess with it on YouTube, but anybody that wants to put out any kind of content and you're worried that people are not going to like what you have to say, there is someone out there that is going to like what you say. Mm. There's different strokes for different folks. Everybody likes different flavors of ice cream. You know what I mean? I'm a big mint chocolate chip guy. Some of you are gagging at the thought of that That's right facts. now. Some of you were like, why do you like to eat toothpaste, <laughs> right? I love mint chocolate chip ice cream. My point is, if you want to enter into some kind of space like this, just do it yeah. and don't stop doing it. Right. That, to me, is the biggest thing. Your consistency. Consistency is going to do two things for you. It's going to let folks know when to find you and where to find you every single week. The more that you do it, you will get better at it. Just Whatever it is, if you're super passionate about it, if you want to enter the content space at all, it doesn't have to be podcasting. It can be YouTube. It can be writing. Whatever the case may be, do what you want to do. The right people out there will find it, okay? Like Luke said, people, not everybody likes this show, and that is totally fine. But those of you that do, um, you know, I, I just, if you're going to take anything from this, I hope you know, like we really put everything that we have into this show. It's a, a ton of fun. Um, we, I, I know that this show, like everybody that works on the show, whether it's Luke, whether it's Kevin, whether it's Manny that does our social videos, whether it's Ryan Brock who writes for us, if it's Tim Jones that writes for us, uh, Ben Gifford who helps us with our events. Like, I know that all of us love this freaking team so much, and we are just trying to do the best that we can to bring you guys good content. Like Luke was saying, even if things aren't like the most like articulate, in-depth analysis sometimes you just want to sit back kick back and hear people talk about your team and for too long with the orlando magic there's not been enough of that 
And, you know, I, I feel good about the fact that we've at least helped fill that void a little bit. Yeah. And there is more coming with this team getting better. There will be more magic podcasts. We see that, you know, every right. few months, there's a new magic podcast that comes around and we welcome that because again, like there's different strokes for different folks. Like we love our guys at court cousins, right? Right. Those guys are hilarious. Those guys are very creative. They bring you something that we do not. And it could be really easy. Like, oh, we don't like mess with those guys, whatever, blah, blah, blah. But we love those guys. They bring a different flavor. We've had them on our show. We've been on their show. We've met those guys in person. Yeah. Um, I'm not trying to single them out. There's a lot of other magic podcasts and everybody kind of does things a different way. But we welcome more magic content. You guys deserve to hear people talk about your team more than you do. That is a matter of fact. Now, there will be casuals coming in, in the, the next few years. As the team starts to get better, there are going to be people be coming in, acting like they know exactly what they're talking about with the Orlando Magic, specifically from a national media standpoint. And we just hope that we will be remembered as like, no, those guys were there when the team was absolutely trash. Garbage. Because we were. Yep. Yeah. So um, this has gone on longer than I had anticipated with this. But um, you know, we know that there are people that really haven't heard like kind of what is behind uh, you know, our hearts and just kind of the passion that we have for the magic and for the show. So we thought it would be a, a good idea to have a, an episode like this. So, um, but Luke, I think that's going to do it. I don't know if you have more thoughts on this. I could talk about this forever. Yeah. I'm like and chances trying are, to cut myself off. Chances are if you made it to the, to the point where we're like, we're going to talk about the show and like kind of introduce ourselves again and what the mission is and all that. If you made it to that point and then you're still here right now, you're you're a, a really probably just like a listener of the podcast, like a fan of the podcast in general. So appreciate you guys uh, rocking with us. It's been uh, an incredible journey so far, and we're just getting started. Um, you know, we we know that you guys will be able to be the people that said, you know, I've been listening to the six man show when back when like at this point, like when Luke joined the show or, you know, when producer Kevin started making appearances on the show, um, we've got a, a lot of memories to make. Uh, we've already made a lot, so I, I think that we're just we're pumped to continue it. And we always try to show love to the people that show love to us. Mm -hmm. uh, we know exactly who you are. Like if you've been rocking with the show for a long time, yeah, we know exactly who you are. Mm -hmm. And when this team does turn around, like we're I, you know we're definitely not like oh like this is our thing. The magic is for us. It's only for us. It's only for these diehard fans. And you guys just can't have it. Mm -hmm. You can't be fans <laughs> of the magic. We we won't let you. We're not like that. But we're always going to remember like the real ones. Yeah. And we're not going to like specifically shout you out on the pod. But when we see you in person, when we meet you, you will know that we know. So uh, we've rambled long and uh, I, I think we're just about done with this episode. But again, coming up October 14th, 7 o'clock versus the Cavs, the Orlando Magic's preseason finale at home. If you guys want to join us for that game, you can get your tickets at FIVO, F-E-V-O, dot me slash the six man show that is going to do it for us this week for luke sylvia this has been jonathan osborne you guys are listening to the six man show we will catch you guys next time see ya thanks for listening to the sixth man show be sure to subscribe on itunes and spotify to get new episodes downloaded directly to your phone if you enjoyed the show please take a minute to give us a five-star rating and a review it helps out the show a lot Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Six Man Show. We'll catch you guys next time. Go Magic!